right, settle down, settle down. It's time for another episode of the Umbrella Pod Academy, and I must once again remind you there is no eating in class, even if it is a light supper. Oh. Don't eat no food, no thank you. What that stodgy old professor doesn't know is I have a full Thanksgiving dinner in my desk and I'm going to eat it the entire uh, class. And it's especially weird because this class has not been in session for quite some time. <laughs> We've had a sporadic schedule. Uh, I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we're going to be talking about, as mentioned, Umbrella Academy, A Light Supper, one of the middle episodes, the sixth episode of season two, I want to say. Yeah, Boy, that's exactly how do it. Done a terrible job about uh, keeping up with the season, so I'm sorry to anybody uh, who has been asking for this. I know yep. we've gotten a bunch of people saying, "Hey, what are you going to pick up with the umbrella academy?" Are you done with that? We're back we're strong. Back. We're ready to do this. This is going to come every week, week well, after take, week. Let's take no it doubt. easy. So <laughs> no let's doubt. Not, let's come on, come on. This is my guarantee. I'll tell you what. Oh my god! If we don't deliver this podcast every week, I'm going to. No, I, I oh, wow. I, yeah, I can't I believe you ran out of gas that you hard. Couldn't even right finish the bit. I really did. I was going to some very dark places that I suddenly felt very uncomfortable talking about. Good. Uh, <laughs> like the Umbrella Academy do this episode. Now, Truth. the regular reminder that we're going to jump right into the episode without any recap or anything. So if you haven't watched it, though, I'm sure you have by this point, uh, turn away. Um, but let's talk. I'll give you the broad strokes of what happens here. Um, we get a bunch of uh, focus on Allison. We get a flashback to what happened yeah. with her in her time uh, after she landed in 1961, how she met Ray. And in the present of the past, uh, we're all leading up to a dinner with Reginald Hargreaves. That's the big thing that happens yes. in this episode. And everything, all the pressure that puts on the kids, uh, things do not go well there, obviously, as you'd imagine. But by the end of the episode, Five has agreed to sign back up with the handler and the commission. Uh, Sissy is going to run away with Vanya. And Diego and Luther discover that Elliot is dead with a weird message from the Swedes. Oh. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, everybody is in a very different place. Also, uh, Ben has figured out that he can kind of do something to Klaus's body and maybe possess him, which definitely changes the balance of the power there. Again, that is the broad strokes of the episode. Uh, but let's talk about the big things that happen. Uh, let's talk about the big plot line. Since we start off with Allison, and yep. that is one of the big emotional crushes of the episode, uh, let's talk about her. How would you feel about her arc overall? How would you feel about the stuff with Ray? Uh, and how would you feel about the flashbacks? Pete, I know you've been pretty into that plot line, so what was your take? Yeah, I thought this was really great. Well done, uh, I liked how the kind of uh, Ray and her relationship started, uh, seemed very er earnest and innocent, which I really appreciated. Um, also, I thought it was cool because this uh, episode was about the dinner, and then it was also about Ray kind of asking her to dinner, which was adorable. And I really, like, even so though the, she ep the theme of the episode was, like, dinner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I liked it. I, I liked how we picked right back up on the fact that she can't talk, but regardless of that, still got herself into trouble. Uh, when she ran back to to the boot beauty shop where we kind of like saw her before when she was kind of a part of, uh, you know, the movement for equal rights. Uh, so that was really cool to kind of see how that all started and escalated. Um, I, and I thought they did that really well. Um, it was very kind of like very cool and well done. And then um, 
I really appreciated the Aretha Franklin song that we got as well. Yeah. Um, I agree. It was really nice because I do think her story, I was like, how did she so quickly get involved um, with this uh, civil rights group? And it was nice to see that it actually did happen very quickly. And um, her relationship with with Ray happened also very quickly, tied up in this together, which I think felt very real. So this, this did a lot, I think. But also, like, you don't really have to wonder how someone can get involved in the movement. If you go back in time to racist times, I think you're immediately going to fucking start fighting. As opposed to now. We're yeah. past racist times now. Well, I'm talking about the divide and the, the whites only kind of, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, segregation. I, I agree with you, people. I, it was too. She had, like, a, a, a close circle of people that she was involved with, and it, it happened fast. So, like... I it made it seem like she'd been there for much longer. And it was just it was just an open question. I thought this this short cold open here did a great job of filling in those answers in a very believable way. Um, Later on, when she's telling Ray about the future, made me feel like he's going to die, uh, which I was (laughs) bummed about. Yeah. Um, Yes. And then the the rumor, the suit montage, all that stuff was really fun uh, leading up to the. Uh, the diner scene where she burns that that racist's hand. Oh man, that was crazy. Which was uh, very memorable. Uh, really, uh, just overall, uh, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but her powers and the use of her powers was one of the most frustrating things to me in the first season. The fact yeah. that they very purposely tried to avoid her using her powers as much as possible. And I know we've talked about it in the second season. It's been the same thing, but I think overall. She's been a lighter, more enjoyable character, so it's been easier to get into her emotional journey. But this episode does all the work you need to understand why she doesn't use her power. It retroactively justifies the decision to have her throat slit yeah. and not be able to talk. Um, and like you were talking about, the scene at the diner uh, is great because of yeah. that. It shows how it's... It's her showing Ray how she can push her powers, but you can also tell the way Emmy Raver Lampman plays it that it is her buying into it and feeling the corruption of it at the same time. So yeah. it's not just a demonstration, it's also something she feels this pull of, well, I can just do this. I can just yeah. get into this. Of, great. All, of all of them, she has the most sort of like monkey's paw style powers where like every time she uses them, something bad happens to her. And so I think, to your point, like that is why she is so hesitant to use them, and mm-hmm. um, and it's all played very seriously for the first half of the episode. But later on at the big dinner with Hargreaves, oh my god, the punch in the fun. face, the yeah. punch in the face was just glorious. That whole dinner was wonderful. The, oh. the whole sequence was fantastic. I it was like, how is this going to go? What? And the way the dad just walked in, I was like, oh shit. Well, that was another thing. I mean, I know we're jumping off of Allison here, but that dinner also, because we only got to see the kids play off original Hargreaves and flashbacks, other than that one scene where Luther travels after he's traveled back in time, going and trying to check in with Reginald. We've never seen the adult cast really play off of him. And to see them all revert to being children and not knowing what to do was hilarious and wonderful and played in the right way. Yeah, like I, I, each of them is positioned so smartly in this in this moment. The Diego goes from being like he's like I'm the big older brother. Oh, he throws the the stutter. He oh. smashes the conch and then yeah. Hargreaves crushes him in front of just everybody. crushes him. 
and as we know, he is like sort of the mama's boy of the group, and you just see him shatter here. And I thought that was really hard to see, but also really well done. And then well he gets acted. his well acted. He gets his revenge by going out to mom and showing her the picture. Um, I thought that was really cool. Uh, yeah, I mean the the whole like how everybody kind of reacted, and what was you know they were getting all pumped up like yeah. Dad, you know, and even the like that explanation of Vanya is like, why do we hate dad? And yeah. just like listing all the horrible things just to her was just like, holy <laughs> shit. Uh, but yeah, even Allison, like who was definitely getting more and more like herself and feeling good in her powers, like the way she also shut down in front of the, of the dad was just uh, really, really intense. And it feels like this scene is is the springboard. It just showed them how much they're fucked up and how they're such children still. Mm -hmm. This is the springboard, I feel like, into the rest of the season, um, Mm -hmm. which I haven't seen yet, but I'm assuming it's them sort of getting their shit together. Because we see, like, Klaus grabs a drink. Everyone treats Klaus like he's the fuck up, but he's actually one of the more together ones here. Ben's the one that fucks Klaus up. Luther, after totally beefing it in the the elevator... (laughs) Uh, which I thought was like Some such an unnecessary moment, but hot so funny. And beef, yeah. It oh. was. I do not like fart jokes at all, but that made me laugh. It was funny. And it's. I think it's part of. I'm and nervous. Again, we've talked about this before, but like this season has done such a good job of taking the Captain America of the group and making him as sad sack as possible over the course of the season. And uh, I think it's Tom Hooper is the name of the actor uh, has been playing it so well. So he's just so uncomfortable at every point. It's so funny when he shows off his shaved, che- shaved gorilla <laughs> chest. And it's like, he's, it's meant to be this like bearing his soul thing. And it's yeah. instantly embarrassing for everyone. I thought that was so <laughs> well done because there was not a question that it was the wrong choice right out yeah. of the gate. It was really smart. Yeah, but uh, go I wanna, ahead, Pete. I just want to talk about number five, who you know it has this line where he's like, uh, you know, he talks. Of, he's like the oldest, but visually the youngest. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he's the only one who can kind of make a connection with the father. Uh, so I thought that was a very kind of like very fun visually and very interesting that they like get to sit down while. All the other kids leave dejected and feeling horrible. Well, I I wanted to ask about that from Reginald's perspective, because I also like that scene quite a bit. And I liked Reginald giving five the much needed advice of, hey, stop trying to jump 40 years and just take a little jump, like just do a little bit at a time. I thought that was so smart. And the whole scene, the way it was played was great. But why is Reginald doing that? Because I think Reginald, who walks in all business, is all business the whole time, looks at all of them. He's like, oh, time traveling teleporter. I can use this. The rest mm. of these goofs, yeah. not not interested. <laughs> yeah. And it was really funny how Klaus is like they were showing their powers. And then like Klaus gets taken over and it just looks like his power is going. Yeah, like, that was really funny. Like where the dad's like, ah, I'm not even going to write this guy's name down in my yeah. book. <laughs> Well, and I love that also just taking place in a tiki bar. That was a lot oh, of fun as yeah. well. Just a Very fun, fun setting. Uh, well, uh, imagine going to any bar and especially uh, a tiki bar. What a just, fun place. That would be great. I would love to go outside. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
let's talk about Klaus because I think he oh, had man. a lot going on in this episode. Uh, surprising about uh, yeah, because he this there's a lot, a lot of his cult stuff um, is here. He's created a cult of uh, like fraud, basically. Yeah, um, and you know you're in a cult when you start showing up to meetings in a diaper, and people are like, "Yep, yep. perfect, <laughs> all good." Yeah, uh, I loved the, the yoga start was just hysterical. Yeah, Un- unnecessary Klaus Buchig, but <laughs> funny in uh, exactly the right way. Like the way they shot that through his legs and yeah. everything. Yeah, uh, awesome. And I love Robert Sheehan as usually, just being one hundred percent on board with everything that's going on. Um, but I also like the dynamic of power between Ben and Klaus shifting here because that's yeah. something that they have been playing with for the first five episodes, and they finally dive into here in a big way where. Ben, rather than just sitting by and being frustrated, is actually able to take action against Klaus. Uh, and I think that's good. Like, it's a smart uh, move. Yeah, I'm also excited because we get, like, a little Ben love interest in this one, too. Uh, I'm excited for more Ben and Ben mm-hmm. being able to do more in this world. And like, as we saw in the, I think, the first episode in the sort of the end of the world part two, Ben is fully powered up. He can affect the world around him. So I think... His, they're going to figure it out here. Yeah. Uh, I also want to say, like, Klaus starting being like, hi, my name is Klaus. I'm a, oh, sorry, wrong, wrong type of meeting. That was just absolutely hysterical. Yeah, just a, just a dumb, obvious joke that works anyway because he yeah. sells it yeah. really well in a fun yeah. way. And that whole sequence, too, where he talks about I'm a fake. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but as soon as he starts, you're like, I know this is going to go. I know what's going to happen here. And it happens anyway, but they play the scene in exactly the right way, and it just feels like this car crash the entire time. And then, you know, being like, I told you, Ben. I told you that's how it was going to go. Like, he Mm -hmm. knows it so well. That was really funny. Very fun. And to have that whole sequence, and then a couple scenes later, we get this sequence where... Or is it right after that, like where David shows up? Yeah, who mm-hmm. broke Klaus's heart? Who like Klaus still loves? And we get this very, very intense scene that will have ramifications uh, down the road. Yeah, the whole dog tags thing and the fact that like he went early. It just to see Klaus kind of shattered like that was just yeah. Well, so we don't have. This is something we've talked about almost every episode here because they're. Fucking with time in a very serious way. Yes. <laughs> throughout this entire show, we've got a couple of very specific instances here, even pushing aside what's going on with Reginald. The fact that they're talking to Reginald and telling him about the Umbrella Academy years before any of this happens. Uh, looking specifically at Klaus and Allison, Allison laying everything out for Ray. Your suspicion, Justin, is he dies, and potentially, I assume, that's how they close the time loop. We've also got Vanya and Sissy moving forward with their relationship, though obviously there's some complications by the end of the episode oh, man. Uh, that yeah. may crop up, so we don't know what's going to happen there, but that certainly seems to be changing time. Klaus, though, in an interesting way, seems to be closing his loop accidentally, like forcing it back into place. Yeah. yeah. Is uh, that your impression of it, too? Yeah, I mean, it very well could be. The fact that he's going to Vietnam even earlier is not a great sign. But I think the fact that he has just affected David's trajectory, I feel like Klaus is the only one who understands the ramifications here. I mean, he doesn't when he spoils Disco for his cult, which, (laughs) bummer. Um, But when he he does, when he sees it firsthand with David's trajectory, I think that's a huge... 
uh, a huge revelation. Yeah, and, and to your point, it's a really heartfelt, emotional scene at the same time. Really well played, particularly given we've got this weird age dynamic going on. We've got this time travel dynamic going on. We have an actor that we haven't really encountered much other than a scene or two here. Um, a lot of it is on Robert Sheehan, and I think he's really changing up the emotional weight of it from just being a drug goofball who runs a cult to making his character something deeper, just like he did in the first just uh, like season. Just like David, I also love the man who shot Liberty Valance. Mm. Uh, let's talk about another character that we haven't mentioned yet, uh, Lila. So Lila mm-hmm. in this episode doesn't make huge significant moves necessarily, but we get a lot of talk between her and the handler, uh, her mom, well, about what's going on with her and Diego. Yes, Pete? I just wanted to point out the the first time we see her, her neck is being stepped on by number five. And then, mm-hmm. like, a really great moment when she's finally let up. The fact that she's like, I'm really going to enjoy killing you someday. This this show is fun. This is That was just such a great, cool kind of moment. that I, uh, I really love when characters kind of collide like that. Yeah, do, you well, feel like Li- do-, do you feel like Lila's the Hazel and Cha-Cha of this season? Oh, yes. Good call. Wait, do you, Justin, feel like Lila is the Hazel and Cha-Cha of this season? No. But I bet. But I thought Pete might. <laughs> uh, well, what do you think's going on with Lila here? Because she certainly seems to be showing some misgivings about Diego and about everything that's going on. You're talking about during the bingo game when they're talking. Of course, I'm always talking about the bingo game. <laughs> this guy okay, loves great. bingo. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. that was it's just a great, hilarious place to have this conversation. You know, during a bingo tournament. Bingo's fun. That was your main emotional takeaway, that Bingo was cool? <laughs> no, I just think that it was cool the way the mom knows her so well and calling her cliche for falling in love with the mark and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And she's like, shut up. And she was like, you didn't deny it. Uh, but then when like she like screams out, uh, like, Bingo, you old bags or you old shit bags, whatever it was. Uh, that was really hysterical. But let me ask you, when was the last time you got bingo? Just as a person. Do you, do you remember? It's been a long time. It's been a long yeah. time. You play single player bingo, right, Pete? All yeah. day. <laughs> Solo bingo. Nice. Perhaps the saddest game anyone could ever say. Still hard uh, to get bingo. Well, what do you think, though? Is, is there something more going on with Lila and Diego, or is it really, is she being straight up? Is he just a mark? I think, uh, based on that scene and at the end where um, the handler was like, I need you to end this relationship for with, for my daughter, I feel like oh. Lila will eventually choose Diego over her mother. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, uh, I'll- go ahead, Pete. I was just going to say, like, at the beginning, uh, you know, when they're talking about, you know, how she's trying to manipulate number five to get on her board with her plan. And she talks about jazz. And at first he was like, you know, he hates jazz, which personally I was insulted by. But I had to Mm. respect his hatred for it, you know, the way he compared it to a cheese grater. So it was, uh, you know, a little bit of a mini emotional roller coaster for me. 
Interesting. Uh, let's what talk about jazz, some characters. What a jazz journey you just went on. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, let's talk about some characters that didn't quite have as much to do with the episode. Um, they still had some little things. We touched on Vanya a little bit. Uh, the arc with Sissy. This uh, gets left on a cliffhanger, of course, because Carl shows up. He's smoking. We've talked about, or at least I think Justin and I have been on the side of Carl doesn't seem like much of a threat. Here, he definitely does. But he looks yeah, scary. Yeah, I mean, smoking is bad, so that's that's mm-hmm. a strike against him. And he looks very angry. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a good chance he's going to die of lung cancer, and that was the implication of the episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Crazy reveal. Yeah. In, in like a few, like 10 to 20 years. Well, what do you think about this? Uh, I was surprised to see Sissy show up, frankly, given everything that's gone on previously. Well, yes. she did get the letter and she wanted to deliver it. So it was an excuse to see her and that's all she needed. Yes, she does have fidelity to the um, the mail, the U.S. Postal Service. Sure, as yeah. do we all. Uh, well, let's talk about then uh, Elliot, I wanted to mention. This was a bummer. Yeah. To be uh, the Swedes find out what's going on from the handler. She has. Yeah, but Elliot needs to pay attention to his cat. I mean, as soon as you walk in, the cat was clearly trying to warn Elliot that the Swedes were there, completely ignores that, and then, you know. Let me throw this out. We used to do a lot of podcasts, and I'll tell you what, Pete, you talk about cats on every single one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, I don't know what's up with you. I don't know what's up with you. If I can't talk about cats, I'm going to be talking about McRib. So you, you fucking choose. You know which one am I allowed to talk about? You it's know? the same thing, Pete. Yeah. Oh, don't you dare! <laughs> You're like I don't love my cat. Joke. My cat is so succulent. When I bite into my cat, it doesn't even make a noise. It's so soft. <laughs> I love putting pickles on my cat and onions. Oh, I can't believe I can only get my cat for a limited time and only once every five years. <laughs> Um, oh, sorry, boy. total sidebar. But um, I, the Swedes in this episode, I, I like this. They truly are the Hazel and Cha-Cha of this season. Right, yes. Am I right, Pete? Am I the, right, Pete? No, no, you are not. The part where the the Swedes were, uh, the one Swede was like, unhand my wiener. Hilarious. It, was, it was unharm my wiener. Unharm, and I thought that was yeah. so funny. That's That my was catch. hysterical. That's going to be my catchphrase so for the rest of the this is a ridiculous thing to be annoyed about. I was very distracted by the digital steam in that sequence. What? Did you guys pick up on that? Yes, there was an intense Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, you know, it's the classic, we can't show anybody naked, so the steam That's fine. I don't need to see anybody naked. That's not the issue. My issue is the fact that they did, like, it's very obviously digitally steamed so that they cover everybody up. Right. And it it was distracting. It distracted me. That's all all you had to do. All you had to do on your laptop was scroll down, and all you saw were wieners and oh, nice and yeah. private and vaginas. It's all wieners <laughs> yeah. and vaginas. And any time you scroll down on your laptop, you just see wieners. On yeah, mine, on mine, you do. Yep, <laughs> it's an extra su- setting. You you got to pay for it, but Justin thinks it's worth it. Don't even have to pay that much. Let me be honest. Uh, <laughs> I also kind of feel like at this point, I don't know what is going on with the handler. The there has to be. Like I know, to be perfectly honest, I've we, seen this season, but at this point in the season, the fact that she's like, "Lila, are you going to kill Diego or not kill Diego? What's going on with you? Five, I'm going to work with five. You got to do this thing. You got to go off and do this thing." She's Swedes. I just tried to kill you. I killed one of you successfully, but also I'm going to work with you, and also you got to kill this guy. It's like 
She's working the system. She's trying what to What is she doing? What take is her plan? Over. She's trying point? to take over. She's trying to rise to power. She's using people as pawns for her evil plan that we don't quite grasp yet. She does seem like I mean in this season she like she like basically died and then came back and so it's mm-hmm. about her being like great like all over the place. I think she's being reckless um and a little bit careless because mm-hmm. first off she loves bingo and she should focus her That's life reckless. more on that. Um, I love bingo. Last time I called bingo, it was exhilarating. Yeah. Did you Zilla. yell it? Bingo, you old shitbags? Did you yell that out? No, I was at um, like a, almost like a dude ranch type place in upstate New mm-hmm. York, and they, we did bingo one night, and I won, and I uh, won like 100 bucks. It was a blast. Oh, what so did you played yell? bingo. You didn't call bingo. No. Yeah, play bingo. Oh. Calling okay. bingo is fun, though, too. That sounds rough. You got to make all those jokes about the numbers and the letters and stuff. There are a lot of rules for bingo, like that I didn't realize. Like if you say, I forget, like it's like any uh, like eleven, twenty two, thirty three, like double numbers. Everyone quacks. Has anyone experienced this? Huh? What? No. Yeah, it's really they think quack. Like, yeah, they go quack, 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 quack. Oh, not quack, quack. It's quack, 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 quack. They say quack. Okay. Oh, it's not like okay. there's a table of ducks a couple over. Well, that's like, what, what I thought. These? Were you playing on a pond? Like, what the fuck happened? It's playing bingo with a bunch of ducks. Everyone's yeah, quacking. Them. No wonder you pond over there. Yeah. <laughs> it's right where your head goes. Well, I, we'll sort of touch your fucking so, breadcrumbs or something, huh? So just to Come be on. clear, uh, one of the greatest thrills in your life was yelling bingo and winning $100 is what you're I saying. I didn't say greatest thrills of my life. I said well, it was you were, exhilarating. you were hyping it up. You were, yeah, it was fun. Number one. Winning bingo. Number two, birth of my second child. Number three, birth of my first child. Wow. Strong power rankings. Not going to bite you in the ass. <laughs> Do you remember what letter number combination was your winning one where you finally got to yell it out? I have a tattoo on my arm here. Let me show you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> G13. I don't know. Shut up. I'm just, it's fun. All I'm saying it's fun. I understand that. Why the handler was so hype about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? The Swedes, uh, the they Swedes. do something. Oh, they no, kill Elliot. That was my whole point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a Horrible. bummer. That was a fun character to have around. Yeah. And I was bummed. I know he's like a very small character on the side. Uh, but the fact that he's tortured and killed very oh. graphically by the Swedes. Oh. Didn't need to see the very torture. sad. Yeah. I did not like that. Pete, did you yeah. like that? No, it was awful. I was agreeing with you the whole time up, and then you just stopped talking. And I was oh, okay. Sure. I couldn't hear you for a second. We're doing this on Skype, and you cut out for a second, so it just oh. seemed like you were nodding your head. Oh, okay, <laughs> great, great. Let's explain it more. You know what I mean? Let's explain. Oh, no what's problem. Happening. So yeah. Skype is a program. Okay, you can yeah, yeah, it is a this program. is great. Yeah, this is fun. This is it's really what people are tuning in for. It's a killer app. app. Yeah, I was just uh, the thing was I was frustrated at him because he was. Uh, you know, first off, not in tune with your own cat. I mean, come on, what the fuck? You, yeah. Did you just get that cat or what oh, happened? So it was his fault. Uh, so, yeah, that I was died. upset, uh, Adam. But also, like, uh, he, I, I just was surprised that how that he held out, that he was not giving up the information while being tortured. Uh, he was like, I don't know, I don't know. I, I'm surprised he wasn't like, they'll be back. Just fucking relax. They all live here. Well, they ended up writing uh, Olga Froga yeah. on the floor in blood. That's a lot of blood they used to paint that blood. floor. Yeah. Too much. I don't know if you guys have ever painted a floor with blood. It takes a lot of blood. 
Yeah. Also, you uh, really my gotta... wedding my wedding oh. proposal was in blood. Oh, so. yeah. what is that number four? Yeah, <laughs> on your <laughs> top yeah. favorite moments. Yeah, <laughs> cleaning uh, up the blood was way lower. Oh. Ugh, man. You got to stay afterwards. Otherwise, you're going to lose the deposit on the space. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Uh, any other moments you guys want to call out from the episode before we start to wrap up here? The the team zero was hysterical. Bit uh, Diego really just having some fun there. Well, I thought that was actually kind of poignant too, in a, in yeah. a weird way, like them actually trying to take advantage, taking control of their own destinies take control of who they are, take control of their emotions in the face of Reginald Hargreaves. And it's played as a joke and it's played as fun, but uh, there is something to be said for it in the span of the show as well. Yeah, I agree. I f- it feels like a good first step towards what I hope the team becomes mm-hmm. as the season goes up, finishes up. Yeah, and again, just the use of uh, music. Like, every time you hear music, you're like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? It's just great. It's just really uh, fun times. Uh, Watching this show, watching this episode, um, especially in relation to Wonder Woman 1984, um, the use of music in in this show is so good. And in Wonder Woman 1984, which has been, you know, knocked on so many times, the music is just not right. And it just Mm. is, it highlighted that even more, watching how well it's used on this show. It is, particularly in the season, I think it's great. Like yeah. they're just doing a really good job of music choices across the board. Like Pete called out the Aretha Franklin, other things throughout the episode. Uh, it's very good. All right, before we wrap up here, who got top marks this episode? Pete, the cat, I assume, or something? Um, yeah, I'm a, I have Justin go. I'm still kind of, uh, I got a couple that I can't decide between. <laughs> what, right you have now. a scoring it's, system? What yeah, I do. I do. All right. It's similar well, Pete to Pete has Bingo. a whole spreadsheet. Don't, yeah. Yeah. Don't well, I, I look forward to hear what the Pete character algorithm spits out here in a couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, there's steam coming out of your ears right now. So uh, I'm not Justin, what about you then? Yes. Um, I'm going to go with, I mean, I got to shout out, um, Luther, um, in the for the beefing it yeah. in the elevator moment, because oh, uh, yeah. that was really fun. But I'm going to give it up for Klaus in this episode. I thought he had uh, some great beats uh, throughout and was able to maintain his um, who he is throughout each of them, despite the emotional low stakes and emotional high stakes of the different moments. From great beefs to great beats, that's, that's what I was going to say. Beats uh, to beats. I'll also, I'll also go for class in this episode, as usual. Oh, but just, as per usual. As per usual, but it's great. The yoga scene was great. Like you mentioned, uh, the scene with Dave was very emotional and fun. I loved him trying to confess uh, to the cult. That was fun as well. And just the whole possession thing with Ben, that's a great arc for them to follow up on and really just build on everything that's happened so far. So... Uh, as usual, Klaus is the best of the episode. Pete, have you finished crunching the numbers? Uh, yes. So um, <laughs> my answer, speaking of numbers, is number five. But I just wanted to say I am really enjoying uh, not uh, evil Vanya, regulation Vanya, and the whole thing where everybody's freaking out that she she was going to use her powers at the dinner table and she it wasn't a big deal was such a cool uh, fun moment, but number five, the sit down with the dad was really impressive. The fact that like number five was on to the handler and knew that uh, Lila was a plant and like planted early when he was vulnerable. Uh, yeah, I think the fact that like 
this actor can portray somebody so old, but also so young at the same time. Uh, just really great uh, in this episode, and uh, I was impressed. Yeah, good stuff. If you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about the Umbrella Academy. Uh, socially, you can check us out at Podcademy on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Facebook, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. Comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Until next time, don't forget to not eat in class. Pete, go change your litter box. On it.